0: Hey, welcome to The
1: Bar. I'm JB. I'm David Cunningham.
2: And I'm Paul Davey, beaming in from the beautiful Sunshine Coast in Queensland.
1: So just for context, Paul was a squirrel advisor in New Zealand, and he's now an advisor for someone else over in Australia. So uh, today, we're going to bring a perspective uh, that you'll introduce JB, which is?
0: Yeah, I guess how lucky is the lucky country? And and I guess you know to start with a little bit of a story. I was over in Sydney a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I took the opportunity to go and uh, have a look at some inner city property, and uh, I was absolutely staggered. So um, I went over to Balmain, which is an inner city suburb. It's a it's, a, it's a pretty flash area, but there's a lot of flash areas in Sydney, and um, and uh, I could uh, I could buy a complete do up. I, I, literally this thing hadn't been touched since the 50s it didn't even have a proper running toilet no kitchen uh it was a bit box uh it was about four to five meters wide and about 25 meters deep with literally no backyard off no street parking and it was uh, 1.8 million australian wow. and uh, which is which is insane right and especially when you think that it was literally one room wide so mm-hmm. you walk through the front door. You're in the lounge. You walk up the stairs into your bedroom, and you have to walk through the bedroom to the next bedroom. It was it was it was like I um, and then I went and had a look at another one just down the road that was similar because I was like well what what could you do with this because it's like shit, and uh, it was beautifully done up, but it still it still had this kind of crazy ass feel about it, and um, and they wanted I, I think I'm gonna say three and a half million Australian for it.
1: Wow, hey, and so JB, like... for context, what would something like that in Auckland sell for? If, you know, a nicely done up three and a half million Australian in Australia, what what do you reckon that would be in Auckland?
0: Well, I think I think you'd have to look at Ponsonby and I, I think an equivalent product would probably be about two. Um, okay. the, But the difference the difference is like even in Ponsonby, if you went to Ponsonby, you're still looking at standalone houses on small sections, whereas this was literally terraced uh, with no backyard and mm. no off-street parking. No, uh, there's not really that much equivalent product in the New Zealand market, because we just, we just we don't have the population density to build like that yet, right?
1: Mm. Um, so that's, that's anyway, Sydney. What, what about, you're on the Sunshine Coast, Paul, What's and you'd see deals from other parts of Queensland. There, What's right? it like over yeah, there?
2: Yeah, well, old, old, old flash Harry JB here went to the most expensive city in Australia by quite some stretch, right? So Sydney <laughs> Sydney is, look, it's a global city. It's, it's equivalent to New York, to London, to Paris, to Berlin, those, those kind of places, right? So those inner city properties in Sydney are bloody expensive in anybody's book, all right? But the rest of Australia is relatively cheap compared to Sydney. It's much like Auckland is relatively expensive to the rest of New Zealand, right? So here I'm, I'm, I'm on the Sunshine Coast, and the Sunshine Coast isn't cheap right the sunshine coast has been flooded with people coming up from sydney and from melbourne that have sold your know, properties down there and um taken all their money and moved up uh, moved up to the sunshine coast and bought up here so look your average um your average three bed two bath on 400 square meter sort of postage stamp sort of a thing here on the sunshine coast it's about 700 750 grand Okay, that that sounds no, a lot more reasonable. It's not a terrible price to pay for a family. Mm, mm.
1: So JB, what 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 would someone in Sydney do? You know, starting out, what do they do? You know, they can't afford one point eight or three point five million. What do they do? They go. Well, we I guess, <laughs> they they go. Well, I, look, I think young people are fine
0: because they flat, uh, and they live in apartments, and they don't really care because they're out and about all day, and and that suits their lifestyle. Um, where I think they really start to run into problems in places like Sydney is when they've got families, you know, when they've got kids at school and they've got, you know, seriously long commutes to get into the office. That's, that's when I think, similar to why a lot of people come back to New Zealand, is it's those big commute times uh, and the distances that you're travelling in these big cities. Like, look, let's be honest, Auckland's not all that different. Um, but, you know, Sydney is definitely next level. So thinking yeah, um, about the mortgage if, if, side. If,
2: if I can interject, if you're a family and you know, you're just starting out in Australia, I think the last place you want to go is Sydney, right? Because <laughs> it's so damned expensive. You want to go to one of the other, you know, if, if you want to go to a city, go to Brisbane, go to Perth, even go to Melbourne. Melbourne's heaps cheaper than Sydney, right? Don't go to Canberra because it's freezing yeah. cold. Don't get to Darwin, because you get eaten by a crocodile. But these other cities are much more affordable than Sydney. okay.
1: so um, so I guess lesson one, don't go to Sydney. It's very, very expensive. There is more affordability in other parts of um, Australia. um Adelaide's another city that that uh, seems to get lots of good reps too. Oh, hey. Adelaide. So, hey, thinking about mortgages over there, then, you know, if you're in Sydney, you've got a very big mortgage. If you're not in Sydney, you've still got a reasonable sized mortgage. But um, interest rates in Australia, I think for mortgages are about 1% lower than us. Um, JB, any reflections on that, firstly? And then secondly, Paul, is there a lot of mortgage pain? So, first, JB, on the interest rate sort of perspective. Well, I, I mean, it's probably really over to Paul, isn't it? I, the, the thing is, in Aussie, I
0: guess, you know, um, their, their their reserve bank uh, has been sl- hiking slower than ours, um, but the impact's a lot faster because so many more people are on floating rates, whereas in the New Zealand market, we predominantly fix. But um, uh, Mr. Davey, over to you, really. I mean, what, what are you seeing as a mortgage advisor in Australia?
2: Yeah, sure. So, yeah, look, the the Reserve Bank in Australia, you know, whilst they haven't sort of reached the giddy heights of the RBNZ, they have hiked 11 times, right? So people have been caught out massively. Just over a year ago, the Reserve Bank here said, oh, you don't worry, we won't have to hike rates till 2024, right? Mm. This is when, you know, fixed rates were 1.9%. And everybody went, oh, awesome! So off they went, and borrowed shitloads of money, and bought loads of houses, right? And then next thing you know, oh, we've got inflation. Whoops! And then whack, 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 whack. Next thing you know, we're up a, you know, eleven rate rises, and that's massive, right? So you know, we do have uh, a, you know, a predominantly you know variable or floating rate market here. So a lot of those. A lot of those rate rises get instantly passed on to those borrowers. But there's also a fair-sized fixed market, which grew massively a year or two ago because of the really, really low fixed rates. So this year alone, we're seeing about $400 billion of fixed-rate mortgages coming off and going on to floating or maybe refixing. And mm. if you look at the average rate across those $400 billion dollars worth of loans so it's about 2.2 percent they're all translating into at least 5.5 5, okay the net effect is that you're looking at about 12 billion dollars being sucked out of the economy
1: mm. right so that's 12 I mean, very, billion
2: dollars of consumer expenditure gone
1: very similar in new zealand you know the average flow, the average rate on mortgages was i think it was uh 3.2%. At the low, it's got to about 4.1% and it's headed to 5.5%. So it's a little bit like Australia, but in New Zealand, it's more like the ticking time bomb that's still sort of ticking. It's already sort of hurting. know, has a few explosions, but yeah, it seems yeah. to get a lot worse. And I think that's why the Reserve Bank was so dovish in last week's monetary policy statement, where they basically indicated that we're at the end of the tightening cycle here because there's so much to flow through and and many of the leading indicators like inflation, inflation expectations, uh, migration, which is probably going to ease wage pressures and lift unemployment a bit. All those things, they were, they were very dovish on. So sort of since we talked last week, that's been the sort of surprise for the financial markets. And we've seen yeah. short term yeah. fixed rates go up a bit, but longer term fixed rates sort of uh, sort of holding and potentially fall. So yeah, yeah. quite a, quite a... It's, Yeah, it's very
2: similar here. Um, And look, you, you've got these... um. You've got these other factors coming into play as well. For example, like you're losing the basing effect of the COVID and the Ukraine war and stuff. But you're also getting this massive immigration surge. Like this year in Australia, yeah. they're expecting 400,000 immigrants. 400,000! 400, that's amazing, eh? And that, that's going to be a record, right? So therefore, you know, all, all those gaps in the in the labour market are going to be filled by all these immigrants. Sure, it's not going to do a hell of a lot for, for housing, because as, as it currently stands, the vacancy rate in rentals across Australia is less than 1%. In a lot of the big cities, it's virtually non-existent. On the Sunshine Coast, you can't get a rental for love nor money. It's crazy. So all these immigrants are all going to take up all that rental accommodation. They're going to eventually buy houses. But they're also going to take up all those jobs that employers have, have been having to pay more to get people to do. So yes, yeah. it's going to have you know probably a beneficial impact on on the inflationary
0: side, but also on the economic growth side as well.
1: Yeah, JB, so, you had some reflections happening.
0: on rates, didn't, on uh, rents rather, didn't you? Yeah, well, I think we're going to see the same thing in New Zealand with the high levels of immigration. Um, but obviously, we've had big you know price falls in in New Zealand market in terms of house prices. Um, my understanding in Australia now is that house prices are actually heading back up again, obviously because of the high levels of immigration. what are you What are you seeing there?
2: Yeah, yeah, so if you listen to the real estate agents, you would think that the market was on fire. <laughs> but um but look, in reality, yeah, in general, look in Queensland prices you expect them to be down about ten to twelve percent, yeah from their yep. peak. Right, um, but you're certainly seeing a stabilisation now. I mean, the, the fact yeah. that um, the Reserve Bank seems to be done and dusted with respect to rate rises, you're starting to see fixed rates creeping back down again, um, and and generally those prices have come back a wee bit, so therefore people are saying, oh, you know what, I can dip my toe back in the market again. So, yeah, definitely the market has, at the very least, bottomed and is starting to move forward again.
1: Hmm. What about jobs over there, Paul? What's the sort of situation? What are wages like in Australia compared to New Zealand, and maybe a perspective on taxes? tax sort of eat into that, or or, or yeah, or, yeah,
2: yes. Yeah, so look, that's the real big kicker for New Zealanders who want to emigrate to Australia. The big kicker is the fact that you get paid more. I, I don't. That's. Without a doubt, you get paid more. Um, if you're a nurse, if you're a doctor, if you're a fireman, if you're a policeman, if you're a teacher, if you're any of these things, you get paid a hell of a lot more than what you got paid in New Zealand. If you move to a regional, you know, place in Australia, and we're not talking about, you know, in the middle of, you know, bloody black stump nowhere. We're talking about, you know, nice towns, you know, coastal towns. Um, you get paid really well. You can buy a house for a reasonable price. So, yeah, look, the wages are most definitely better.
1: And so p- picking fact, an example, like a nurse, for example, you know, a big shortage of nurses in New Zealand, you know, we're trying to recruit from overseas. Yeah. What What would a nurse earn in Australia versus New Zealand from what you see through your clients? Yeah, so if there's
2: a shortage of nurses in New Zealand now, it's only going to get worse because nurses over here earn a shed load more. I mean, like nurses easily earn a hundred plus. Easy, all right, and that's base. I mean, the, and they're getting lots of penal rates. They work in magnificent hospitals. The infrastructure here is amazing compared to New Zealand, without a doubt. Yeah, you know, there's, you know, the public health system here, even though it is, you know, partially privately fu- privately funded, it's it's amazing. You can get stuff done in a heartbeat. You know, I needed an MRI, I got it the next day. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, so you know, they work in much better conditions. Um, and they get much better pay.
1: Okay, so the lucky country's feeling pretty good. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, Where do it. you want to take this next, uh, JB? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, what's look, not uh, working so well?
2: Yeah, yeah, so no. So so look, it does have its disadvantages in the fact that, you know, like, for example, you do get taxed more. The Aussies love to reach into your pocket and pick this tax and pick that tax and whatever. Yeah, you know, You've got stamp duties on all sorts of things. If you buy a car, you've got to pay stamp duty. I don't know why, but you do, right? You buy a house, you pay a massive amount of stamp duty.
1: Um, So there's... there's, Just just for context, New Zealanders probably don't even know what stamp duty is. So what what the heck is it, Paul? Is it when you lick the stamp or... (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
2: exactly. So for example, if you're buying a $700,000 house, you're likely to be hit with a $25,000 stamp duty on top of that. And that's just a tax that you pay the government for the privilege of buying a house.
1: That's sort of a wealth tax of sorts.
2: Well, yeah, it is, but it's, you know, it hits everybody. All right. So irrespective of whether you're wealthy or not. Generally, first home buyers, when you're buying at the lower level, you're taxed or you're stamp duty exempt, which is good. And that also applies to New Zealanders as well. If they come here, buy entry-level houses, they can get a stamp duty exemption, which is pretty cool. All right. But yeah, you get stamp duty on a car. Like they tax you 2% because you bought a car.
0: Okay. Mm. Yeah. and hey Paul so what the first home buyers in Australia I mean are there a lot, of, um, a lot of low deposit buying over there I mean they never put in LVR restrictions like we did in New Zealand so what's that part of the market like I guess in the context of both higher rates but also with um, property price falls have you sort yeah, of yeah. seen yeah you yeah, definitely so look there, there's a lot of incentive schemes for first
2: home buyers most definitely. Number one, you get that stamp duty exemption that I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, When you're buying a new home, you get a first home owner's grant, right? And that also applies to New Zealanders as well. You can qualify for the first home owner's grant. Um, generally, as a first home buyer, you will be exempt from LMI, which is lender's mortgage insurance, which if you're buying your second home, and you're over 80 percent, you get whacked with this massive lender's mortgage insurance premium, mm-hmm. all right, um, which is again basically another tax. Um, so yeah, look, first home buyers I think are pretty well catered for, you know, And generally, in particularly in regional places or in, in some of the you know second tier cities like Brisbane for example, you know first home buyers are really really well treated, and have got some, yeah, has,
0: they've got some pretty good choice around what they can buy. Yeah. Uh, but you're not sort of seeing any sort of hardship there with the higher rates. I mean, have you had a lot sort of going up to sort of 95% type LVRs or yeah, do they even yeah. do those in Aussie? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So look, you know, you can borrow up to 95%. In some cases, you can buy up to 97%. For example, ANZ here will allow you to borrow 97% of the value of the property, which is kind of crazy, right? <laughs> but... um. Yeah, so look, that high LVR lending is definitely there um, for first home buyers. Like I said, you tend to get an LMI exemption, you know, particularly yeah. at the lower end of the market. Um, but you know, when you're borrowing a lot of money, high LVR to buy like your second property or an investment property, um, then you get whacked with LMI.
1: Well, in New Zealand, we've had the tax law changes relating to investment property where it's falling from the deductibility of interest is falling from 100%. It's already at 20, 75%. It drops progressively down to, I think, zero over the next three yeah. years or so. So that yeah. means you're paying tax on the rent, but not getting deductibility on the interest. Is anything like that in place in Australia?
2: Uh, fortunately not. Um, we all know what happened in New Zealand and. Let's face it; it's patently unfair. Um, but um, yeah, here in Australia, you get full deductibility. That's cool. You also get negative gearing as well. So therefore, if you're having to top up your loan, you know, from your own because you don't get the interest, or so you don't get the rent to cover the interest, you top up from your own salary. You get a tax deduction for that too. So generally, investors here, from a tax perspective, are treated better than they are in New
1: Zealand. And our investors are a big part of the market
2: uh yeah a lot of mum and dad investors you definitely Mm. see that and you don't see all the structures you don't see trusts you don't see companies and whatever just just individuals buying investment property most property here is owned by an individual
1: right right and hey in um in australia i've heard a few reports of construction companies going bust is that prevalent or is that pretty rare given that demand for housing that's emerged
2: yeah, so look, the demand is still really strong. The um the construction activity is still virtually off the chart, but there have been some really high profile failures in the construction sector. There was one here in Queensland a few weeks ago that went, you know, belly up and seventeen hundred homes were were under construction by that one company, right? And they just basically walked off the job. So there was a whole bunch of 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 home, you know, seem to be homeowners were wondering what the hell to do next. So there's a bit of a, yeah, you know, bit of a cluster there. Um, yeah, but certainly a lot of home builders have been caught out by rising prices with fixed price mm. contracts. So mm. yeah, it's really difficult to nail down a fixed price contract now because you get hit with variations all the
1: time. What are we seeing in New Zealand on that front, JB? By comparison, in terms of construction costs, fixed price contracts, and construction firms. Failing. Well, I think we're we're seeing a
0: lot of the same sort of thing. Obviously, we've had a number of construction firms go down, and we'll probably have a, more to come, right? I think we're still early in that that part of the cycle. The thing that we're seeing now, I don't know if you've seen it in Australia, but um, we're certainly seeing um, buyers defaulting uh, on settlement. This is for, I guess, high density developments, not single houses, but uh, you know, people buying into terrace townhouse projects or into apartments where because of the increase in interest rates, uh, it may be a change in personal circumstance, but I think generally because of affordability, they are unable to settle. And so developers are getting a lot of uh, defaults uh, at project completion. You, you, You see that in Australia. You might not be that exposed to it.
2: Yeah, look, I I don't think we're as exposed to it, but certainly around the affordability side, you know, if for example you're a borrower and you've got an approval and you got your approval, say, two years ago to buy that apartment that's finally been built, you know, and you go back to the bank and they say, oh, we have to reassess, you know, your application. Because <laughs> it's been two years since you first applied. Um, so yeah, when they reassess that, you know, they're assessing at a rate which is so much higher than what they originally assessed it at. They might have originally assessed it at, you know, five percent. It's now being assessed at nine percent, right? And now, so the affordability of that loan has plummeted, and their borrowing capacity has evaporated massively. So, yeah, there yeah. there will be that, but it's just not as advertised or as prevalent. Hmm. How
0: how are the how what's the, what 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 are the bank relationships like over there? So, I mean, how are the banks as a broker? How are the banks to deal with? Are they? You know, they're as user friendly as they are in New Zealand, or is it a lot more black and white? Yeah, it's black and white, most definitely. I mean,
2: like yeah, you know, like a lot of things in Australia, it's unduly complex. They absolutely love complexity over here. They make things as difficult as they possibly can. Um, so yeah, they are they are definitely um, a lot more difficult to deal with than what banks were in New Zealand. Yeah, you know, without a doubt. That's what I think that's the reason why seventy percent of the market here, mortgage market, is through brokers. And
1: not not by going to bank directly. And do people like banks? Yeah, like I'd I'd observe in New Zealand, you know, we 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 you know, we're ex bankers and have worked at banks. We know lots of people there, they're good people. Uh, and banks, I think, in New Zealand are not hated, not disliked. We sort of accept they do a pretty good job. And as advisors, you know, we we sort of facilitate um, good relationships between customers and the banks and and so on. What's it like in Australia in terms of attitude towards the big banks?
2: Yeah, so it's it's interesting because like a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, we had this thing called the Royal Commission, and it sounds flash, but it was pretty damning, right? And basically, what it did, it just put the banks, mostly banks and other financial intermediaries, under under the old blowtorch, and they came out with all these all these things. But people went, "Oh my God, the banks are absolutely ripping us off." As a consequence of that, I think the banks here are particularly disliked if you want to put it that way and people treat them with suspicion um so therefore you know nobody nobody ever cuts the banker oh my lovely bank they're so wonderful they don't they don't do that here no they're like they're evil banks evil um and you know other intermediaries kind of got caught up in that as well everybody got tubbed with this big old royal commission brush and so brokers also had to put up with that as well as a consequence regulations got just pushed up to the just the absolute top level and just bunged the whole system up so therefore when you're trying to get anything done it takes forever
0: so yeah it's um how long it's quite an interesting market yeah so mate how long how long would it take you to get someone approved say someone approached you and they wanted to buy a home yeah you know what on average how long does that process take
2: Yeah, so look, you know, it all depends on the broker that you use and and, and the kind of systems that they have. But generally, when you go through to the bank, you know, the banks can take, look, in some cases, some banks can turn around in a day. Other banks can turn around in six weeks. right, So it all depends on which bank you go to. But on average, yeah, you're looking at at least a three to four week turnaround. For you know, for an approval, you know that settlement period, you know, you're probably you're looking at at least you know, as as per normal in New Zealand, at l- at the very least two weeks. But yeah, there is there's a lot of paperwork flowing backwards and forwards, and customers customers quite easily get very confused around the level of paperwork that presented by the banks. It's
1: mm. off the chart. So more fun being an advisor, a broker in Australia or in New Zealand, Paul.
2: Oh, I'm going to say. Hand on heart, but it's, um it was more fun being a broker in New Zealand. <laughs> Most yes. definitely. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, without a doubt. Um, yeah, over here, I don't, it's a lot more, like, like you said, it's much more, much more black and white. It's much more sort of cutthroat, and there's a lot more red tape rules and regulations up the kazoo.
1: Okay, hey, um, probably time to start wrapping it up. The question is, is the lucky country really that lucky or something along those lines? I'll do a summary, but j b. before we get there, any last comments you want to make? Oh, no. Sounds pretty lucky to me, but I think we've yeah.
0: all we've all known that so it's a great place to go and travel. I don't know i I kind of I kind of look out twenty years with global warming and think, uh, I'd much rather uh live in, 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 in an area that's still getting rainfall and uh and, and it's close to beaches uh then a big desert but uh, I'll hand over to you Mr. Davy.
2: Well if it's any consolation, um here on the Sunshine Coast we it's not always sunshine. It rains quite a bit. And uh, yeah I live really close to the beach and the beach is pretty awesome. Uh look yeah, overall overall like you know Australia look, it is it is the lucky country without a doubt the wages are really good you know there are complexities there are annoyances um you know house prices outside of of the centres of the big cities are affordable um, infrastructure is is a major major difference you know like there's just so much public infrastructure accessible to everybody it's fantastic and they just keep mm. improving all the time so you yeah, okay. overall, yeah, overall I, I like it
1: that's a that's a pretty positive um, perspective so I think that's one vote for New Zealand one vote for Australia there may be um, I'll have the casting vote in a minute but I guess the downsides Paul they tax everything there it's complex uh, there's lots of regulation but on the flip side you know all those things you've talked about salaries health system incentives for first home buyers you know go other places than Sydney you can sort of live by buy near a beach so well, which one am I going to vote? Oh, I've got to vote for New Zealand. So 2 1. Bad luck. But Paul, I know you've got an all blacks jersey on. So uh, you'll feel good about that too.
0: Well, that wraps yeah, it up yeah. for
1: this week. Uh, we will speak again next week. Thanks, Paul, for joining us from the Sunshine Coast in Australia. See ya. See ya. Cheers. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you have any questions or things you'd like us to talk about in the future, get in touch with us at david at squirrel.co.nz or john at squirrel.co.nz. And please do share this uh, and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not financial advice or a recommendation of any financial product. Any commentary provided are personal views and are not necessarily representative of the opinions of Squirrel. As always, we recommend seeking professional investment or mortgage advice before taking any action.